like I was like waking up to how hot my wife was. Oh, that's so good. I'm like, oh God, yeah. I I have been doing business with her so much mm -hmm. that I don't even look at her like I once did. And so I snapped out of it and of course ravished her. And That's it. This is episode 14 with TV host and media coach Caduce Philippe. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. Touchpoint fam, it's great to be back with you. This week, I got to sit down with one of my nearest and dearest, Caduce Philippe. As some of you may know Caduce from his early years as a VJ on MTV's TRL. These days, he and his partner in life and love, Carmina, are co-founders of a personal development and media training company called Camera Ready. You know, when I first sat down with Caduce, I really didn't know where the interview would go. I mean, he's a super fascinating guy with so much charisma and so many riveting stories that I just left it wide open. But as the conversation unfolded, and he shared things like navigating sexuality as a young TV star, to moving past childhood trauma so that he could cultivate more depth and sensuality in his marriage, it became clear that our conversation would, in some sense, encapsulate a widely relatable journey towards modern manhood. I'm so excited about this episode. Our conversation is funny, nostalgic, and he serves up some real insights for us on things like marriage, forgiveness, sex, and personal growth. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Today, I'm here with Caduce Philippe. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said it right. It's a sexy name, bro. Caduce <laughs> Philippe. Well, when you say it right. I mean, Jesus. I've heard Cuttus, Quitus. <laughs> Cuttus. A lot of unsexy versions. Cuttus? <laughs> Yo, I've heard hey, it Hey, Cuttus. <laughs> yeah. And people will swear that's it. Yeah. On paper, it looks like it could go in a lot of different directions. Oh, my God. We have so much to talk about, <laughs> me and you, because your life journey is a fascinating one. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, totally. I mean, let's, uh, let's be real. I mean, so Caduce, you know, I feel like we first met you back in the day. It's funny, I was listening to Into Club. I was just listening to Into Club, you know, the, the old 50 Cent record. It's funny that that's old. This is where we're at now. Like that yep. old school vintage 50 Cent record. Yep. But I remember, you know, I just remember, I mean, Caduce, Caduce was the, the VJ from TRL, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's where, I mean. That's you know what's where, funny, though? I was know, just in a lift ride with some driver who was being really friendly and asking me about my life yeah so i was sharing about how i used to be a vj on mtv yeah he literally looked around his shoulder and said what's a vj <laughs> yeah i literally had to explain totally. that actually uh, it's a video jockey right. so back in the day yeah there was once a thing as a music video channel right that is now a reality channel <laughs> totally. called mtv i know that's how we're i mean listen we're vintage millennials so, <laughs> yeah, totally. so but listen like that was your life you know you were on tv you were a vj you were bringing in you were you were introducing celebrities and music videos and interviewing people and and it's such a fascinating start to a journey that like i know it's been a long road but mm -hmm. you're here now 
and now you're a transformational coach and you're a real thought leader in the space of like wellness and, and cultivating emotional intelligence and men's work and all these things. And so I'm just honored that you're here and that I get to call you not just a guest of the Touchpoint podcast, but like one of my homies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're family. So, yeah, no, sure. so, so. Uh, Thank you for that intro, by the way. Yeah, I, man. I love, I love, sometimes we need a reflection back sometimes. Yeah. Especially me, I've been in the weeds so much working, like you said, in these types of environments where it, there's no media, there's there's no shine. And, and oftentimes I feel like I look back at those days on television and there's like, oh, you know, it's like, why, why can't we have screaming crowds for self-development workshops? Yeah. But, you know, it's a different ballgame. And uh, anyway, it's nice to hear about the good old days. I mean, it really, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to evolve and to be in different conversations and now to be on this podcast talking about something that is so real and so important for everybody to like be in a relationship. For me, it's been a freaking breakthrough because Lord knows when I was a VJ on MTV, I had a really hard time with commitment. Go yeah. figure. <laughs> yeah, what was that like? Oh my God. Well, the best metaphor I can use is being a kid in a candy store. Yeah. But thinking that you're gonna get a cavity in most cases. <laughs> Oh, wow. I can imagine. So how do you navigate that? Well, well, in my case, you develop trust issues. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, which was a, a way deeper, deeper exploration uh, with my therapist. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I dealt with it by dating a lot and ultimately not doing much of the things that my friends thought I should be doing. Like for any given date I went on, my homies would be like, so you obviously made sweet love to her by the end of the night, right? Is that the is that the language that your friends were using back then? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what kind, yeah, of, yeah, what kind of dudes were you hanging out Johnny with? Johnny Gill. Johnny Gill, of course. If you know about old <laughs> R&B. Oh, we're really bringing it back. <laughs> He's like, the next one's up is Keith Sweat. All right, yeah. so. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Every millennial listening is like, I got to Google that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, basically, you know, my friends would expect me to be having all this amazing sex with all these women. But at the end of the day, I wasn't sure whether they wanted to be with me for my fame or for my my genuine self. Right. And and so anyway, it became uh, yeah, a conflicted experience most of the time when I would date. It would be kind of me sitting across wondering like, mm, is this is this woman just in it for the, the, the meal yeah. and the fancy club we're going to go to? Right. Uh, so anyway, it's like sort of porcelain tower problems, right? But like at the end of the day, uh, it was it was a big learning and like where I didn't really I wasn't really ready to embrace sex in all of its glory. I was still kind of in Catholic guilt about it as well. Like so it was not just the situation of being famous at a young age, but it was also my background being raised in the church and feeling like I was going to go to hell actually if I went with all these girls back yeah. home. So Did you still were you still subscribing to that while you were in the midst of exploring that? I think well consciously I was rebelling against it, right. but subconsciously it was still driving me. Right. And so what if they're right? Oh man. <laughs> I mean really, it was it was wild how many times I would be dry humping a really beautiful woman. <laughs> Right, like, like that's the soundbite. By the way, we're just gonna play that over and over again. Just that it would be incredible how many times I'm dry humping, dry humping, dry humping a beautiful woman, a beautiful woman, dry humping a beautiful. Woman. That sounds like a new song. Yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. That's all it takes these days. <laughs> Seriously, dry humping, dry humping, dry humping. Cash me outside. How about that? Okay, so all right, so, so yeah, imagine here. Here is this VJ on MTV with all this sort of hype around it, and 
I just I was not able to to be as promiscuous as the job would permit. <laughs> right. And and so I, I, I stayed in that place where it was really precious and uh, it took me a while to break out of that kind of shell. And it was actually ironically after I left MTV and I felt like maybe I could just connect with somebody based on who I am and not because I'm on MTV. Yeah. And then I started to actually have a love life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing that I, th I find amazing about you and here's just more reflections on you. I think that like, you know, you spent this first part of your professional career, you know, introducing people, introducing, introducing media ideas and, and really being the presenter of like a platform for people who have something to say. Mm. And what's interesting is that even though you've evolved and your life has changed and your, and your purpose has evolved, it still seems like Caduce's purpose is here to create a platform for people that have something to say. Mm. And there's a theme there that's like pretty profound. Mm. And the fact that that's your life today, I know that you've got this company, Camera Ready, you do it with Carmina, your beautiful, amazing wife. Mm -hmm. um, what, I guess, that, that the connective tissue there around like wanting to like create stages and platforms for other people to show their greatness mm. that that's part of your gift is mm. in creating space for people to share their gifts mm. where does that come from Ooh. well the first thing that comes to mind is my mom she was a teacher and she was a very angelic kind of teacher she did special ed so imagine the kind of woman that needs to go and work with people who have some serious disadvantages and so being around the house with her had me thinking about how amazing it could be to empower people for a living. Wow. And so I guess in a sense, I just lived into her shadow, you know? And I saw how VJs at Much Music when I was growing up in Canada, that was our version of MTV, I remember seeing Master T specifically was this black, beautiful chocolate man with these long dreads. And I remember seeing him conducting interviews with all the biggest stars. I remember Madonna would come by, want to sit with him. He was that guy at Much Music. And I remember thinking about how awesome it was that he would bring out the best in people. And I, I just remember that felt so good to witness somebody being listened to like that and, and deeply listened to. So not, not just like, let me just get a sound bite of this person, but like, let me ask a thoughtful question that's gonna truly bring out something and maybe even serve them in a way to clarify their own life for themselves as they answer the question. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I was soaking up when I was growing up. And so, I felt, I felt VJing, hosting a TV show like TRL could be a way to do that. And, and sure enough, it, it seems to have impacted some people. Totally. So it's a blessing. And, and, and then it, it morphed, it did, into Camera Ready ultimately because I felt like I didn't necessarily feel as confident in my own skin hosting a show like TRL as I would have liked to. So I didn't really enjoy it as much as I could have. And then I encountered so many more people in the industry who had the same issues. No matter who I interviewed, even Beyonce felt some type of way and was not altogether quite her fierce self. Sometimes going in an interview and she would request me as the interviewer because I was the only one on MTV that made her feel at ease. Wow. And so here's a need, clearly. If, if Beyonce sometimes doesn't feel altogether fluid in an interview, well, let's figure out a training ground, a practice ground so that we can all get our reps in and feel like ourselves and yeah. we can just rock out and be who we are because yeah. sometimes I feel like the, the lens all of a sudden makes us feel like we got to be something other than what we are we got to be more better yeah you know and we put on a mask and and what would happen if we all put down our masks and realized 
who we all are. Well, so let's talking about putting down our masks and find out who we are. You're in love. And like, there's nothing that will force you if you're willing to do the dance to take off your mask and find out really who you are and show who you are. Yeah. And you're in love with, you know, your partner is also your business partner. Yeah. Yeah. Co-facilitator. Co-facilitator. You guys are like co all the things. And so, (laughs) and so I guess, what have you learned about yourself Mm. through being in partnership at that level? Ooh, how long you got? I mean, (laughs) try to keep it under like two minutes. Yeah, let me give you sound by version. It's 2018. It, They've yeah. already stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's actually just me and you here yeah, now. So it's all good. maybe so my anyway, mom has the attention yeah. span, but well, it's just because I shouted her out. Right, yeah. Okay. So what so, have you learned through partnership? It's a mirror. So what haven't I learned? It really she is a mirror for me constantly because she's not afraid to challenge me and call me on my stuff. What has she called you out on? Oof, man, when I need something specific. Yeah, like, let me go right to the juice then. Go right to the juice. Because we don't have an attention span. <laughs> um, I, well, so one thing that comes up is where I was very much a cerebral human and would talk about something from a 10,000 foot view all day and avoid being truly vulnerable and sharing what the heck was going on for me at the core level. Yeah. And she would slice Ginsu through that and say, okay, so what's really going on? Like literally put her hand on my heart and have me weep like a baby instead of being on the surface. So when was the time that that happened? Oh my God. Come on, when, give me one. <laughs> there was one night where here we go. for some reason, yeah, oh yeah, you see the, the, the welling of emotion coming over here. So I was talking about my mom and how in peeling back some of these layers and self-development for my own breakthroughs, my own freedom, I realized where I had villainized my dad and I hadn't really thought much about my mom's role to the point where she was like this angel over here, you know? And then I thought about her and and then I started getting choked up and it got, started getting really hot in the kitchen, you know? Literally, we were talking in the kitchen, it was getting really hot for me too. And I was like kind of skirting around the feelings that were coming up and Carmina picked up on it. Like the Jedi. Why, that why were you skirting around? Let me think. Because because I never wanted to address my mom in any other way other than putting her up on a pedestal. But what's real is, we all had our part to play in how it turned out for me as a child. Right. Not just my dad. Not just my mom. Me too. Right. So all of it gets to be reckoned with for some real healing to happen. And so that's where I was on the precipice of really healing from a from a very wide angle lens, like a holistic perspective, not just doing the thing that I was always doing, making my dad wrong for not being around as much for me as a kid. Blah 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 blah. I thought, okay, you know what? Let me look at mom's role. And I started like bawling because I wasn't willing to look at it, you know. And thank God, Carmina pressed in so that I could like reckon with that stuff, you know. And 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 with my own stuff too. Every day she is always. <laughs> chopping it you yeah. know in one way or another in a loving way loving compassion she does it with love yeah but i'm always clear like you know whether it's not doing the dishes one day and her saying hey baby let's do the dishes you know or or you know in camera ready and always um wanting to go to bat for people even deeper sometimes than i'm willing to go to back bat for them because yeah. it gets hot in the kitchen yeah. she's like that person so how does so so you have this profound relationship. It's, you know, and it's hard for people to just be in a romantic relationship, let alone be in a romantic relationship and a business partnership yeah. like that. And then also be like really working together because she has a background in TV too. She's, yeah. you know, you're, you're facilitating this thing together. I'm curious 
what you learned like we talked a little bit about your sexual journey early when you know you're on tv mm. people you know are offering themselves to you pretty <laughs> openly and you're exploring that you're young you're impressionable you've got a lot being thrown at you yeah. and you know our brains they say aren't fully formed until we're 24 so like you're really going through all this <laughs> right but so that's the beginning of this sexual journey and and i well, i won't i won't presume that that's the beginning right um i don't know how they do things in canada but uh you know uh, but but today you're in this like this profound partnership yeah and so you know you touched a little bit on the fear yeah you know that was that was present in those early years um is there still fear present today in your sexual explorations? That's what she's supported me with. That's really hitting it on the head because coming into it, I still had baggage around it. Yeah. I still wasn't freely expressed doing all the things. What that, does that mean? Whew, well, meaning I don't think I was being, being nearly as passionate as I could be and, and exploring every bit of what sex could be because sex is something that, it has a, it has a charge for a reason. I think it's something that is so connective, yeah. And and yet it can also feel so vapid. Mm -hmm. And I think I had been playing on the on the, on the shallow end of the pool for a long time, and I felt like I wasn't accessing the depth of it. And till Carmina really and, wow. and Carmina. How, and when did and like you two meet? I mean, really, we met a long time ago, two thousand seven. But when did it become? And it became romantic in 2014. Oh, okay. So we were in the friend zone for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, she she kicked down the door of any and everything that was in the way in terms of mm, some shame stuff I had, et cetera. And so it got to the point where she was being very confronting with me about, in a loving way, again, a very loving, compassionate way, but still like, you know, hey, you know, I... I desire sex this many more times a week. I desire sex, you know, this way and that way and this way. And there's like, oh, wow, okay. So she could talk about it that openly, that yeah. frankly. I mean, it, it was uncomfortable at first. Yeah. But it was. Why do you it, think it was uncomfortable? I think it's something that um, it touches a nerve because I think that men, especially, we were expected to perform, right? And that's one of the things that. I think women are sensitive to, especially women like Carmina, who you know want to make sure she's empowering as much as possible. And so, yeah, I think, and she also I think present to what baggage I had around it. So, so maybe some shame and trauma that was underneath that was something that, as an empath like she is, she was in tune with. So she treaded lightly, but she still was owning what she wanted in mm. it. And and um, so we had some conversations that really were really profound and and uh, one of them in particular was about my first sexual experience and one of the reasons why maybe i didn't necessarily dive in head first into all the opportunities i had in my 20s um are you open to telling us absolutely what yeah happened? i mean it, it was something that at the time i didn't recognize it as what i still am not sure it was like it was one of those things where we were dating a couple months and this woman was very alpha like she was very like you know bad badass woman and uh, and at that point, I was still finding myself as a man. I was How still, old were you? I was 20 years old. Just started as a VJ on MTV, and I mean, there's nothing quite like an opportunity like that to split a wig. Like a young man, still not sure of who he is in the world, and yet there's a platform. Boom! I'm on MTV, and there's this woman who's very into me, and yet I'm not so sure about her yet. So it was in that moment that 
she wanted to have sex and she was as i said very alpha and and it's not like i was not at all interested right but i was not ready and so she literally threw me down on the bed and we we had sex and i did not say no but inside i was a no yeah and it was it was an experience that was not empowering it didn't feel like sex as i had imagined it i'd put it up on this pedestal again i was raising the church so i thought it was going to be like the woman of my dreams i was intending on marrying not the case and it was uh oof. i mean it, it still feels like there's energy around it because it, it was my first time and uh you know we didn't date for that much longer and 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 i think at that point i had an aversion to women who were that type yeah. that would have the sort of wherewithal to be like and then Carmina came in my life as amazing as she can be still that kind of sassy Latina that would be the type to be the one to initiate mm -hmm. so at first it's ironic and it's, and it's one of those things like it, it it bumps up against my notions of what it means to be a man to even be saying that I was pushed down by a woman right like we, there's so much fucking stigma around that and yet that's something that I hear happens more than most men are willing to admit you know and, and so it happened to me and and um and i wouldn't necessarily qualify it as a rape i wouldn't say that i would say i wouldn't say it was it was it was anything that i i would even judge her for right because yeah. i was complicit in it i was i was definitely along for the ride uh although not empowered not vocal in the ride i was i was on the ride yeah so cut to when carmina had that sort of passion that would not be able to hold back and you know be sensitive to maybe what was coming up on a deeper level for me um it, it definitely pushed that button so at first it just showed up as me not wanting to have sex and her not knowing why i mean here we are in a committed relationship and i'm not, I'm not wanting to have sex nearly as much as her and so ultimately that became a problem ultimately it was like what's going on we haven't had sex in a month right you know and and on the surface level, I think we were chalking it up to being busy with our new business and building camera ready. And at the end of the day, having a hard time shifting hats from business partners to romance. And, and that, that, that's part of the fold for sure. But I think on a deeper level, it's what I'm talking about now. Yeah, yeah. And so having talked about that last year and bawling my eyes out, actually talking about it for the first time. Yeah, you'd never shared that with anyone. Never shared that. Wow. Never really had the awareness. I mean, this of is course. why self-development is so powerful to, after years of doing self-development work, finally come to this realization. Uh, it, it, it's a testament to how there's there's always another layer, you know? And, yeah. uh, and, and, it's, and, and it's something that had a profound effect. It's unlocked this uh, ability for for her to be as primal as she wants to be and for me to be as primal as I want to be because we're animals at the end of the day and I think sex is an opportunity to tap into that express that and love up on each other on a whole nother level yeah. and and that's happening now thanks wow. to that conversation yeah, and oh yeah tell me about it wow well, thank you so much for sharing of that. course you know I think that um are you open to my reflections on that? Absolutely. All right. I've just, you know, I've been able to, I've had the privilege of being able to sit and listen to thousands of people share stories. And, and I think that I've been able to like zoom out and, and find some of the common themes and mm. ideas and what you're talking about, you know, what you're talking about of, around consent 
it's an interesting thing, man, because we talk about consent a lot in a in a in a very legal sense. Mm. You know, it's a very it's a legal word actually, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very much like, you know, I said yes or I said no. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and we often frame consent as a wanting. Mm. It's a wantingness. It's a it's a it's a did you want it or did you not want it? Mm. But there's this other layer that comes up a lot at our town hall about willingness, Hmm. right? Um, um, Because people may be willing to have sex, but they don't really want to. Mm -hmm. And so a yes or a no tends to always be about willingness. And more often than not, I've heard so many people tell stories, and and, and many of them women, I don't Mm. think a lot of men, while many of them may have experiences like this, don't openly talk about it. We don't really give guys a lot of permission to be like, you had sex that you didn't want, how is that even possible, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But like the idea that like, often like, you know, I went back to their apartment and we started kissing and like I was really comfortable with that, but I didn't want to lead them on. And mm. so and I wanted to have sex. I don't I don't know if it was something I wanted to do right then, you know, and, and or, you know, maybe I want to have sex with them at some point. Um, but like, you know, I did it. Yeah. So I don't feel like I was assaulted. It mm. wasn't rape, but mm. it was definitely something I was willing to do, but I didn't want to do. Yeah. And I think that like that's to me is like when we start talking about consent, I think it's about like really checking in with our partners, Mm. not around whether or not they are willing to sleep with us, Mm. but like whether or not they really want to. Totally. You know, and that's such an important conversation to have. For sure. And to honor it all. I mean, there's 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 levels and a lot of shades of gray. At the end of the day, I feel like a whole nother uh, communication level needs to be present in, in any moment that is gray at all to any party involved, right? But that obviously implies that everybody is conscious yeah. and, and aware and, and able to, to, despite feelings rushing through them, say a thing that may be uncomfortable to say yeah. or awkward, maybe not the sexiest thing to say, like, hey, are you, are you interested? In Have you ever love? had to navigate that? Like, I think that, how do you navigate that conversation around willingness and wantingness in, as a married couple? Well, yeah, and that's, that's not something that's, uh, it's interesting because because there is there there are moments that she wants to have sex and I don't and so there's a willingness on the level of well I'm her husband and part of being married is doing the damn thing when, when the partner wants to but then I don't want to but so so but then am I being it? authentic do and you do it so some days yes some days no and so know? how does it feel when you do it and you don't want to well I I choose it I'd like definitely have gotten to the point where I'm not gonna be you know, disempowered. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring myself to it. I'm gonna psych myself up. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do, uh-huh. even if I was in the middle of something and not in that frame of mind. I'm yeah. gonna bring myself to it, um, and that's on, a, that's on a good day, right? On, on a, on a funky day, I'm just gonna say, mm, baby, no, you know, and yeah. just shut her down. And then, how know. does, how does she, how do you actually have that conversation? It's not is much baby, of a conversation. Is baby, is baby now the, <laughs> the, the default? <laughs> I mean, more baby often, no. more, more often than the yeah, baby, no, baby, baby, no. Baby. I don't think I've ever said that to her in my life. That know, sounds really it. awkward. Yeah, no, baby, baby no. no, 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 no. If anything, it's like it, it, and it's, does she see, give you a baby no? Has she ever given you a baby no? Well, that's the thing, and this is the testament to her. She's such a champ. I don't think she's ever said no. And so here I am looking at. Hmm, well, hmm, am I not? Uh, am I not you, swinging as yeah, much as but, I should? Well, well so and well, that's do it. you also create the space. Do you do you think that she feels safe enough to say no? 
you know, because what you just referenced mm -hmm. was like, you know, like there's a lot going on. There's a, there's a lot of variables going on. Like our yeah. psych, our psyches are so, they're so impressionable yeah. and, and there's a lot going on. And so there's moments where you're saying like, man, I'm really not into this, but I feel like I got to step it up. This is part of the job. This is the thing. <laughs> but like, honestly, if this wasn't happening right now, I'd be cool too. Yeah. So I guess the question is, you know, how do we create a space where maybe sometimes you're feeling it and she's like, mm, I don't know, but I don't necessarily know how to say, baby, no. Yeah, I can only say what what's worked from for me and her is is getting to the point where we we talked about it at length. It, it was uncomfortable. It brought up insecurities on her part, on my part. Watch your beard. You're just oh. playing with your beard. We can't hear that you're dropping. Pearls <sighs> yeah. So everyone listening, just yeah. know that when I get really vulnerable, my coping mechanism is stroking beard. my beard. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we got that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of beard stroking going on over here, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopefully the vulnerability is causing some kind of value for you. Yeah. Um, the the thing that we, we that we found is is really being as transparent as possible and and at the end of the day trying not to take it personally and picking our spots and getting some kind of awareness around when when works for both of us because ideally that's that's when we do it. Yeah. You know, it's not something where we're torturing the other person right. through it. And so I think we've gotten into a better rhythm and a better understanding where now she knows all my junk around sex and why maybe that that, that lack of sex happened was not her at all. It right. actually had nothing to do with her body or how she looked to me. It was more about my baggage than anything. Yeah, and so, so having that on the table has helped and I've definitely noticed less tension around it because I, as we were getting closer to being married, it became like the elephant in the room. Like we're getting married and yet we're having less sex than we were a year ago. So what's going on? And and so we had, we had a really big conversation that almost led to a breakup because, you know, I was saying things that I had held in contempt. I didn't even want to share things that, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not attracted to you as much as I thought I was. You right. know, really questioning, well, if, if the bottom line is me not having as much sex with you as you want, then maybe something's off here. Maybe we got to look at mm -hmm. this relationship again. And, and whether it's ultimately gonna be compatible for what we both want. You know? Where do those expectations come from, you think? You know, we have these, I gotta say, like I, I get, I probably get 20 questions a week in my inbox, mm. just from people that, that have questions and they, for some reason, think I'm qualified to answer them, <laughs> uh, which I can't take responsibility for because I generally ask more questions than I answer. <laughs> but, but you listen well, and I've, so therefore- I've heard a lot, yeah, that's absorb. true. I've yeah. heard a lot, so I do have some things to say on certain things, but people ask all the time a very a prominent question, and I'm sure every sex educator is familiar with this. I know every every you know uh, sex therapist is, is familiar with this question, like how often is normal? How mm. often should we be having sex? And it seems like there's this expectation that we should be having like a lot of sex mm -hmm. and we're never having the right amount we're not having enough sex <laughs> well, that in our makes lives. me feel better <laughs> but it, honestly it's like the thing that like everybody's wondering you know and and it's funny because some people will say you know some people will be like i have sex me and my partner have sex four times a week and you know all of us are like holy shit like do you have jobs what's mm -hmm. going on mm -hmm. you know and then you know some people will say we have sex once a month and people are like oh you only have sex once a month you guys are broken right we had this amazing couple who came to our town hall who told this story about how 
their sex life. They have two kids. They both work full time. They're both entrepreneurs. They're both founders. Mm. They've got. They're out in Silicon Valley. They were in New York for like a like a week, and they ended up coming to our town hall. And they told a story about how their sex life is uh, once a month. They don't know when it's going to happen. They alternate months on who's going to put it together. Mm. They have to pick a random hotel, mm. uh, and they send the other one a text and says, you know, like, this is, we're doing lunch, and they go, and they meet at this hotel, and they spend an hour and a half, and they have a whole liaison, and, and they have the, and that's literally their sex life, huh. is this one spontaneous afternoon yeah. where they get to have this whole crazy hour and a half to two hour little rendezvous amazing and like the thing is that like that's what they've been able to like cultivate within their current container of working probably 75 hours a week and having two kids and being mm -hmm. together for 19 years and mm -hmm. you know and i so it's it's like there's all these other variables there's yeah. all these other things that play into it then like you should be having x number of you right. know sexual explorations a week or a month or whatever yeah and so i guess it's like where do you feel like I know that you've done a lot of men's work mm. that you've been really drawn to that um, and you were talking about being thrown on a bed and like a man's not supposed to be that way but like what are the what are the expectations you've had as like what what like as a man mm -hmm. your sex life is supposed to be dot mm -hmm. dot dot mm -hmm. and how much of that shit is still present in your life today well it, it, being married to a very sexual woman has me up against it every day because she's always down. Like that's the sense that I get. I mean, from freaking beginning of the she day, she never has a headache. <laughs> she's she's thinking about sex right now. Actually, yeah, yeah I guarantee. No, it's it's one of those things that it, it it is something that that sometimes nudges at me. I think that we've gotten finally into a place where we have it couple times a week and that's that's great that's great you know and 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 that that i know she would have it more if if i was up for it but that she she knows why we're not having it as much as she is up for it yeah and and she honors that and and is now not taking it personally and and i'm doing my best to ravish her when we do so it's quality over the quantity that maybe she would want um so, so that's where like being married really, it's one of those bonds where we figure out a compromise. There's, there's, there's no way around it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we enjoy it uh, at the end of the day. Um, it's come a long way. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, kind of, it's, it's been a very changing, evolving thing. So at the beginning of our relationship, we were having sex three, four times a week. Yeah. Maybe more actually, probably five or six. It was hot for like a year and a half. Well, it's then, new. Yeah. You ever discovered a new ice cream flavor? <laughs> Have, Have that you? thing seven oh times a week. Oh, my God. I, like, roll, roll into Van Leeuwen's, that vegan <laughs> section, boy. I go in there. I see that I got salted caramel. I eat salted caramel every day for seven days. Next thing, next week, I walk in. I see salted caramel. I just, I can't do it You want to throw it up a little? Throw I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. still taste it in the back of my throat. It's <laughs> yeah, not pleasant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that it's like, you know, pleasure, the, the you know, habituation is the arch enemy of pleasure. That mm. these things that we want when we have them enough times, mm -hmm. that we're over them. Yeah. And so, like, that's the big roadblock for sex is that, like, it's about pleasure. Pleasure, yeah. but pleasure gets habituated. So that means the only way to keep it going is we have to make it about something else. Right. It can't just be about it feels really good. It's yeah. got to be about a different thing. Yeah, there's a lot of dynamics at play when I think about it because I actually caught myself the other day. And you ever have those moments where you actually step outside of your normal stream of consciousness, you see yourself, 
and you're like, boy, you are not all over this hot Latina that is in your right. house all day. Yeah. I was like, I was like waking up to how hot my wife was. Oh, that's so good. I'm like, oh God, yeah. I have been doing business with her so much mm -hmm. that I don't even look at her like I once did. Of and course. so I snapped out of it and of course ravished her. And, That's it. You know, so those those are the moments. Um, do you think that you can create that on purpose or do you think you just have to wait for some divine intervention when you just wake up and like, it's, you know, by, by the act of whatever you believe in, you get to see something from a new perspective, right? And then there it is. Do you think you can cultivate that on purpose? I think so, I think so. And, and, and I'm all about the path of least resistance and and what we've found is that cannabis is actually the path of least resistance. Oh my God. And right, that's talk what to we've been that. enjoying. I mean, really for the past eight months, it has transformed a lot of our lives and definitely our sex life. And so, yeah, it's been beautiful to, to get over my issues with cannabis. Cause at first I, I thought, Oh man, if I'm smoking this thing, I'm surely going to go to hell. Right. It's a church thing. Uh -huh. And then the second thought was, well, I'm surely gonna fry my brains. I mean, I bought into all the propaganda about cannabis when I was younger, and boom, it's it's like a switch flipped where basically anything that was in the way of our connection went poof as soon as we got high. And so we would dive into a different stream of consciousness and connection with each other, and it was completely revolutionary in our relationship because at that point, it was the tension. It was the build up to being married, yeah. which, I thought engagement was like floating on a cloud of love. It ain't. It's like you're looking at big bills for a big event and, yeah. you know, it, logistical and like she wants more than maybe you want to shell out. Like all of it was really unsexy. And then boom, the, the blessing of cannabis came along and dissolved so much of our stress and anxiety about that and about, you know, other things in life. And we got to just be present with each other and like fall in love with each other all over again. And, and, and I don't want to say cannabis is like the solution to everything in your relationship. What I will say is coupled with earnest self-development, it is amazing. It's like the cherry on top. Yo, I love that. <laughs> Yo, dude, Caduce. Caduce Philippe in the house. Dude, I am so grateful that you came through, that we got to have this chat. Oh, uh, thank you, really. Um, Caduce, how can we find out about Camera Ready? Is it CameraReady.com? Is that where we go? CameraReady.co. .co, great. And we can also find it on Instagram. Yep, CameraReady. CameraReady, wonderful. Um, we'll include all your information in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, Caduce, thank you so much for being here. Of course. And, you know, our, our mission at Touchpoint is to make it easier to love and be loved. And, uh, you know, your story, um, all your stories, they just really resonate at such a profound level. Amazing. Thank you so much for making the space. Uh, Touchpoint fam, we'll see you next week. Here we go. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at, at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day and we'll see you next week.